and thank you for tuning in to Green by Design. I am your host, Erica Reiner from Eco Method Interiors. And today I have Lori Wyman here with me, and she is a representative of the Global Organic Textile Standard, which shortens to GOTS. And thank you, Lori, so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Lori. <clears throat> she represents GOTS, as I'll refer to it, for North America, which is the worldwide leading textile processing standard for organic fibers, including ecological and social criteria. She has conducted organic, sustainable, and social compliance audits on both farms and factories nationally and internationally for every step of the organic food and textile supply chain from the farm level to finished product. So as you can imagine, um, for all of the designers and home professionals where um, this podcast is for, this is a very interesting subject and I'm so happy to have someone here to talk to me about it because this is a great certification and something I talk about a lot. And we so appreciate um, having you and your expertise here. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about, <clears throat> before we dig into what GOTS is and the kind of work you do, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you personally and your journey into the position that you have now and you're interested in. Yeah, so as a child, I used to help my grandmother with her garden, and she was very much a proponent of working with nature, not against nature, um, and we would never step on a ladybug, that kind of thing, and by the time I was a teenager in the mid-70s, um, I used to subscribe to Organic Gardening magazine, and um, over time, I became an organic inspector for food, and you know, on farm level, but also processing I took trainings with IOIA, that's the International Organic Inspection Association. I took trainings to become an inspector and um, I was in that field for many years. And then along came this new standard called GOTS and I took a training in 2005. It took place in Texas. Um, we visited organic cotton farms and um, part of it took place at the university there at Texas uh, Tech where we went and, and learned more about fibers. And once I got into conducting GOTS inspections, I just never wanted to go back. I still did conduct for many years some food inspections, but also some textile inspections. And there were some other standards too, global recycle standard, et cetera. I, I uh, worked for a certification body that had a wide variety of um, third-party verifications, but GOTS has always been my favorite. Uh, so I did that for over a decade, um, many years. And then, yeah, I became uh, the GOTS rep in 2016. So it's almost five years for me now. And when we started, there were 38 companies in the United States and now there's well over 150. So That's it's, a huge so job. Yeah. Five years. That's great. Great news. Thank you. Yeah. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about what you think that jump has, has come from. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we do tend to talk about the developments we've seen in this industry going green recently. And I feel like five years has been a good, like, turning point 
so to speak, but where do you think that um, super duper increases come from? Yeah, well, I think it started with the USDA sale for food. As soon as the Organic Food Production Act went into effect and people in the United States started realizing that they could trust a symbol, uh, a third party verification that their food was indeed um, verified. It wasn't just some guy at the farmer's market saying, oh, I don't spray anything. You know, and who knows what's really, and believe me, having been an inspector, you know, you say, you're walking along the field and say, what's in that shed over there? Oh, nothing. My grandfather's tools. Oh, I think I'm going to go look. And there you find the roundup, you know. So, you know, uh, you really do want to have third-party verification. And uh, educated consumers are tired of um, greenwashing. And, and that's why I think that's what people want to see in their homes is um, products that, they, that have been verified to be the least toxic available and still not just be beige, uh, but you want to have <laughs> dyes, dyes and finishes. You want beautiful goods. You want something with a good hand, but you also want something that's least toxic as possible. And that's where God steps in. So the crop, the organic cotton, the organic wool at the farm level had to have been raised or grown to the United States Department of Agriculture's National Organic Program crop or livestock standard. But then starting for cotton, starting at the gin level, that gets uh, certified to GOTS. And then we go along the whole supply chain, the spinner, the weaver or knitter, the manufacturing. So we have inspections at every step and we do include uh, a complete social compliance program, which is as strong as any other fair trade standard. And we include um, water treatment, uh, water effluence, energy usage. Um, so we're, we're very comprehensive. We, we have an allowable and non-allowable list similar to what's in food. You know, some people don't realize if they, if they go buy a can of organic soup and it's, um, they think, oh, these carrots were grown organically, this chicken was raised organically, they, they know that, but they also don't realize that along the whole processing chain, there's no MSG allowed in that soup. There's no caking agents allowed in the salt, et cetera. So there's, there's a whole processing uh, formula as well along the supply chain. So that end product is verified for the consumer. And that's, that's what you're getting with God's, a God's product. It's been verified along the whole supply chain. Absolutely. And I think you just articulated so well why, <clears throat> so I referred to, and other designers who are doing this green thing too, refer to like our <laughs> sort of structure as good, better, best. Mm -hmm. And for me, the third party certification is, <clears throat> excuse me, usually the best, sometimes in tangent with other criteria that we might be looking for. But I think you just explained why that certification we hold to such a high degree because there is a lot of greenwashing there is a lot of other things in the process so I think that was really clarifying for people um, I had so many questions going through my mind and I'm thinking it just sounds really interesting fun fact I actually used to do I, I was set on a couple auditing trips myself I used to work for um, actually back when I lived in New York, I think in 2011 to 12, um, I was working for an, a sustainability consulting company who had roots in um, some environmental engineering and auditing and things like that. And so I have 
sent me on a couple. Um, and that was really interesting. Just, it was like more like factory things that were getting audited for um, CO2 emissions mm-hmm. um, limits and certifications when reporting to CARB and whatnot. So <clears throat> I have a little bit of an idea, but this sounds really interesting in that where you said, you said you it's certified through every part of the supply chain where you personally sent along every part of that supply chain, meaning it took you to where things were woven in India or wherever, um, or did they have different people doing the different parts of the supply chain? Well, both actually, I had worked sometimes with a client, um, a major client, this, this one or that one where they wanted their whole supply chain certified by the same certification agency. So they'd have a better view of, traceability. Um, But it's all right to have uh, the weaver certified by one certification agency and then have the manufacturer be another one, etc. That's okay, too, because they do honor each other's transaction certificates. Those certificates are issued by the certifier and go with the goods. So for example, uh, a spinning facility will have uh, their certifier issue the shipment that's going to go to the weaver. And so when the weaver receives that yarn, they know that this wasn't just a claim from their customer, they're purchasing it from that spinner, but also from the certifier who's verified that via their inspection process and their systems that they have in place to show that there's no fraud going on, um, to show that there's actually the amount of product um, that makes sense based on the input that went into it. Now, have you seen the cost from the client point of view? Let's say like um, Joe Blow Throw Blanket Company um, wants to get GOP certified and promote that before he sells to me or something like that. What have you seen in terms of the certification process cost? Has it decreased in the past five years? Well, if you're talking about the cost of certification, I doubt if that has decreased, but it's actually not even that expensive for a small company. The, the, the amount of money that a certification agency is going to charge is based on how complex the um, facility is. For example, Williams-Sonoma has got certified, but clearly they have lots of warehouses. They've got lots of, you know, uh, whereas a, one little company's a woman who's sewing bibs and selling them on on Etsy or something, you know, her, her inspection is going to cost a lot less because it's maybe one person or two. And, you know, the warehouse is, is in her basement, you know, and, and I used to, and I used to do inspections that were in people's basements and uh, ones that were, you know, um, incredible, like complexes with massive, I've, you know, been filled facilities in Turkey um, Turkey's just so much fun because you see the sheep, you see the cotton, um, it's all organic, it's within a few miles, there's wow. the, the gin, there's the spinner, there's the weaver, there's the finished product, and it's got a really low carbon footprint because it's all like right there. It's pretty incredible. I've seen some similar things in Mexico. Um, whereas a, a lot of products go back and forth on ships, um, they go to a something is grown in Poland, like a hemp, say, and then it's shipped to, um, to get spun in India, and then it's sent to China, and it gets sewn, and then it goes on a ship to the U.S. It's 
it's really uh, amazing. So there's, it's really all over the map. Sorry to answer your question in that way. But the other thing I wanted to say about cost is obviously it's going to be more expensive um, because uh, workers are getting paid a decent wage, which is part of our program. Um, a lot of the, uh, what, you know, cheap clothes. I just recently, I forget who wrote it, but this, um, there was a magazine article that said, um, can you afford to buy that little black dress for $9.95? And I posted it in my LinkedIn about, you know, what are you paying for, really? What are you supporting when you think, oh, I'm getting this great bargain? And when you, you know, who sewed it? What were the conditions? Where, where is this black dye going out the pipe and into the river? You know, what country has that may not have any EPA regulations or something similar? So, um, I think what we're seeing now is educated consumers and COVID has actually helped and not hurt GOTS. We, in 2020, we just got our figures in. We had 20, 20 new companies in the United States in 2020 and Canada's really increasing as well. And, and those are my territories in Mexico. I'm the North American uh, rep here. And, I, and a lot of the increase was in home goods and home design goods, because people, they wanted, they wanted to have nesting instincts. You know, your home, you're stuck in your apartment in the city or you're in your home, wherever you are, and you want to have a, a, it's time for an organic mattress. You know, it's, I want, <laughs> yeah. I, my sheets are getting holes. I'm not going to buy the cheap sheets. I'm going to buy got certified sheets. I want to know that the, the whole supply chain was healthy. The world is, is a healthier place because of the, starting with the fields where the cotton was grown, the workers that were involved in all that, the dye house, less toxic dyes, everything in the whole supply chain. I can feel good about it. I can get into it and feel like, and it's not just in your imagination, cotton sheets that are organic are so soft and they get softer and softer over time. It's really kind of amazing. I have, I have organic, I've got certified sheets that I've had over 10 years and they're still, they're, they're durable and, and they're, and they're fabulous. And do you remember them. what brand those are? I do. I don't know if I should say the name of any brand. Okay. You don't have to, because you yeah. can remain impartial to all I your lovely to, brands. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. You know, I do have obviously a lot of, I've got an organic mattress. I've got organic yeah. products. To me, the best thing you could do is to buy I don't mean a mattress, obviously, but used. I mean, the, the best thing you can do for the planet is to reuse fabric, to, to, to um, you know, go to the thrift shop and buy your wicker chairs uh, that are at the Goodwill for $10 and, and you can sew some cushions for them. Or, you know, the best thing you can do, I know in Better Homes and Gardens, you know, you'll see articles where the best find, the best flea market find mm -hmm. they'll have. And, you know, and I think to buy non-toxic paint that, that doesn't off-gas is really important, obviously, in your home. And, and uh, the second best thing if you have to buy new is to buy sustainable, to buy third-party verified products. Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah, you, you hit on um, maybe the, the trifecta of things we often recommend. So when I've been talking to people on this, I, I always ask like, what are, for designers specifically, like what are your top three ways to go green? 
move the mic a little closer. Yeah, that's better. <clears throat> what are your top three ways like what, that you would recommend for people who are looking to get into this? And time and time again, reusing, gently used, or um, I call it pre-loved, or whatever, however you want to call it, um, products comes up over and over again. And I've um, described why. And that's because there's a, there's a lot going on here. One, you're not creating demand for new virgin resources. Two, you're not, you're extending the lifespan of something that's not going to a landfill, which mm -hmm. is a land use problem and a methane gas problem. Um, and on and on. So yes, that's absolutely something that we uh, talk about here. And now that there's so many cool ways to find, you know, awesome product that is, uh, formerly loved, like it's not just, you know, Craigslist anymore. It's not just the flea market or that's shut down during COVID. There's so many cool apps and Facebook marketplace and, um, the whole thing. So, uh, you're absolutely right with that. And then we do talk about off-gassing of product a lot of the time here. Um, toxicity in home goods products is, is, the gateway for people into more sustainable living in their home or sustainable um, actual products and home goods. So it's really um, interesting to see that evolution. And I think that you're right about COVID in this regard, like it kind of helped reinforce, even though the virus has not necessarily like anything to do with home toxicities, it for some reason has some sort of overlap that we've seen in people's just awareness and willingness and maybe like helping them get over that perceived barrier to entry to some better products or healthier choices or voting with their money in that kind of way. So it's not totally clear like why that's happening to me, but I'll, I'll take it. I think if there's a silver lining and that's part of it, that that's, um, great. And I think it's kind of just speaking to an atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I, I do receive testimonials, you know, from people with environmental illness about how, how much God's products, especially bedding, et cetera, has helped them. We're not allowed to make uh, health claims. We can't say your allergies are going away, but I will tell you, I do receive testimonials from people who tell me that, you know, so it's what people say. Um, and I think during the COVID when a lot of people in parts of the world are where they had a lot of pollution from all the cars and then people weren't driving anywhere and they, they could see mountains that they didn't used to be able to see or they'd look in the water and they could see fish where they used to not be able to see through because it was so much pollution. And that helped people realize that if we keep going on the way we are with all the polluting that we're doing, um, we're making ourselves sick, we're making our planet sick. And so, um, yeah, people have to be conscious consumers and you can still enjoy your shopping. In fact, you can make a little project out of finding the best place. I should mention our directory um, mm. on the GOTS website, which is global-standard.org. Um, that's the GOTS website and we have a directory where you can look in and find companies. You can go to United States, you can go to um, Canada, you can put in, if you want socks, you can put that in free text and then you can go to your country and then you can find. And if you're, if you're a designer and you, you can get um, upholstery fabric that's got certified 
Um, GATS is not designed to be a furniture standard per se. We do have a, a, a combined product um, logo, which means this is a product that was, it, it means the whole thing could not be GATS certified. For example, a car seat. Say a car seat is made out of some kind of molded metal or plastic, but then the pad is GATS certified. There was a call uh, from consumers that they wanted to know and, and the industry to say, we want to label that this part of, of a product, even a handbag or a shoe, you, you know, if it's this part of the product is uh, got certified because it's organic cotton, the fill is organic cotton or organic wool. And, and then also the wood that is used in this product has to be either FSC, like Forest Stewardship yeah. Council, or PEFC, the other one that's also the good forestry management, or the metals have to be um, non-toxic metals, no cadmium, et cetera. So we do have criteria for a combined product. But on our website, that's where you can find uh, GOT certified fabric and GOT certified um, a towel for your bathroom floor, um, a pot holder, a, you know, um, yeah, you can find those Perfect. things. Yeah. Perfect. That's so helpful. We're always looking for the right places to make our jobs a little bit easier. Um, let's quickly go back to basics and see if you could tell us a little bit about why, why do we, why should we even care about this? Like you mentioned some things at the beginning, through the whole supply chain, for instance, that output of something that's being made, for instance, like the um, the wastewater that comes out of production from dye stuffs or when a fabric is being dyed and what have you, and the social criteria, which is really, really important um, for people who are actually making products or partially making through the different process. Um, and then let's quickly revisit the actual growing of organic. Now the word organic in terms of agriculture and growing cotton and food and what have you is very well known and it's a household word. And I think that people understand it's better in some way, but I wanna get a little bit more nitty and gritty as to what that better is and mm -hmm. in relation in this case to cotton or hemp or whatever. Yeah, so, well, cotton has um, the highest percentage of all pesticides and herbicides and fumigants and um, def defoliants, um, rodenticides. I mean, you, you got it. It's the most toxic because it's not, even though cotton seeds are a food crop, the cotton seeds are considered a byproduct to make cottonseed oil. Also, Cottonseed is used for animal feed. It's ground and used after the gin, the seeds are pulled out and it's used in that way. But because cotton is not grown as, as a food crop as its main reason, it, it's, it doesn't fall into the same regulations as other food crops. So uh, organic cotton has to be grown to the USDA uh, National Organic Programs crop standard. So that means, um, it, uh, it has cover cropping, it has um, uh, beneficial insects or you know, uh, integrated pest management, very limited amount of sprays that would be the least toxic to the environment, like vinegars and you know, um, things that are the least toxic, BT, you know, um, 
just like with food, a very clean farm. And that farm, those farmers are also growing organic crops. They're growing sorghum, they're growing peanuts, they're growing, you know, so they're also in the organic food industry. Those farmers, you know, cotton is just one of their crops. Even if they're mainly a cotton farmer, because once they see if they're growing a chemically intensive crop, they're using chemical fertilizers, GMO seeds, um, they're just growing cotton and cotton and cotton almost every year. Maybe they'll put some wheat in between on occasion, or they'll just have all this bare ground. And so uh, carbon sequestration is not happening. Uh, but, a, but a healthy organic farm is great for the environment. And we have a carbon sink, you know, so we're, we're actually taking care of the planet by not um, um, making uh, climate change worse. And so organic cotton farms are, are, uh, are really good for the environment because they're reducing, oh, there's all this Roundup that's used, uh, glyphosate that's used. Um, it's, it's a very chemically intensive crop. Yeah. Have you heard, or do you have anything you can speak to about a non-organic versus organic cotton something for the house, say, like you mentioned your bed sheets. Now, the idea of that kind of cotton being in our bed, even after a wash or two is gross, but do you have any data or information about, um, I, I you mentioned the anecdotal um, information about people contacting you and say, oh, I, I can breathe so much better, um, stuff like that. But do you have any insights on how it is scientifically better for us in our home and like maybe yeah mm -hmm. well first of all everyone should visit the organic center um the Ooh, organic center um is actually a science uh science-based uh, organic industry um organization that just published a new study about organic cotton it was just published last month in a in a uh, scientific journal great so if you go to um i think it's or organic-center.org, I think it is, but you can look up the organic center and they just published a new study. Um, I remember um, inspecting facilities. In addition to organic, I used to have to do some good ag practices inspections, mm -hmm. which are not organic. And I remember the um, field workers who were involved in spraying um, had to basically strip down at the facility and put their um, clothing into industrial washing machines that were there because if they were to take, if they were to go home and take off their clothes at home and put those clothes into a washing machine with their family's um, clothes, they would all be, all the people would get sick in their family. Oh, that's rough. Uh, yeah. So, so people that are involved in spraying um, and, and the whole dirty side of of um, industrial agriculture, um, you know, conventional agriculture, um, don't realize how toxic this, these, I mean, the, the whole, the word side means to kill, yes. genocide, you know, side yeah. means to kill. So you're killing insects, you're killing- Biological worms. organisms. Yeah, you're which killing- Which we are. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're destroying their nervous systems, you're destroying mm -hmm. their endocrine systems, it's to kill. And that's, and that's why, you know, then the bird comes down and eats it and then the bird dies, mm -hmm. you know, so you're, you're, in, you're, you're, you're involved in a, in a killing cycle. And when I started by talking about my grandmother, 
I remember her teaching me that that can't be the way we, we want to be growing our food. You know, we need to work with nature and, and how can we. The way it was done before World War II. For yes, the before, whole yes. 65,000 years we've been. Right whatever right. number is. Yeah. 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 And of Amazing. course I know there are environments um, and climates where it's very, very difficult. Um, we grow apples here at my home where we live and it's really difficult in Massachusetts to grow apples organically. If there's other parts of the country where it's easier, mm -hmm. um, it's very, very difficult to grow apples here, but we do better with pears. So our pears, we don't have so much of a problem with and, you know, and I know in the Carolinas, it's very difficult to grow cotton organically. And in the upland parts of Texas, it's much easier to grow cotton organically. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, you can choose what crop you want to grow. I mean, I think with hemp getting more um, popular and, and the um, regulations getting looser here in the States about yes. growing hemp, which was a really antiquated and random rule for those of you listening about not being able to grow hemp because of its relation to marijuana, but sort of has nothing on the, to do with it on the ag agricultural side and its use. So um, yeah, beautiful linens and things like that from hemp. But um, before Zoom, cuts us off. I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you again for all of your time and sharing all of your knowledge and being such a great representative for this certification. I was so thrilled to get someone in to explain all of this to us. So um, I can't say thank you enough. We appreciate it. And tell us one place where um, people can reach out to you or learn more about GOTS. Well, please come to our website, which is organic-standard.org. Um, there are some um, video clips uh, because of COVID and all the seven reps around the world were home and not no we normally would be traveling to shows. Each one of us had to put together a video clip. So we each have one on a different uh, area about GOTS. And we also have some good videos on there that are fun. And we have this short four minute video clip that's a quick way for people just to learn what GOTS is and how and our traceability systems. Perfect. That's a great resource. Again, I can't thank you enough. And hopefully we will talk again soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.